Hi, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people, and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me, and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm here today with Jason Preston, who is running for Congress in Utah's third district. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. Excited to have you here, and I want to hear a little bit about your journey and why you decided to run. A lot of people ask me that because I'm not uh, the typical um, you know, person you see running for our office. I definitely haven't uh, gone up through uh, the political system. But um, I guess the short answer is I've, I've been involved in uh, more on the freedom fighter side for a long time. Right. Um, I, uh, gotten to start, I started really getting involved in politics not in politics, but understanding politics mm-hmm. around the time uh, when George Bush Jr. was in office. Okay. So I was a big fan of his, his first, ter- his first term. Second term, I ended up reading, uh, started really reading, getting into reading and learning. And, and uh, the more I learned about the level of corruption, I guess, <laughs> the more I became really frustrated because I, I was a big history guy. I loved the Cold War. Um, and I just, the more I learned, the more I realized how much I thought I knew was just really wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many of us. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that whole thing. History is written by the winners and right. And, uh, but, uh, so very right. concerned actually when uh, Obama was running, he was running against uh, Ron Paul mm-hmm. and I actually, you know, was here in Utah and I actually brought Ron Paul out, helped him fundraise. So I got to spend some time with him and, Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was awesome, but it was also really frustrating because um, you got to see how the media was really spinning things and miss, you know, doing the stats wrong, everything. I mean, they did a lot to sabotage him. And so it took me from being frustrated to like really just feeling like losing hope in a sense. And uh, they don't find yeah demoralized yeah demoralized absolutely and then obama gets in office i'm like we're done you know and um and then you know but then obama was actually you know i like to say we've been we've been really going downhill in this country for a good solid hundred years um you look at the i I think longer actually but yes (laughs) yeah i mean i mean i think a good point as far as place look is 1913 the federal reserve the 16th and 17th amendment Mm-hmm. Sorry, right. I go, I go 19, uh, 1861. I think that was kind of the huge inflection point. But I agree with you. 1913 was another major tipping Massive, point. right? That was massive. That, yeah. that time period is massive. And, and uh, the whole, all the New Deal stuff that, you know, between that and 1930s. But anyways, yeah. for, for a long time, we've been just really just going downhill. And, it, and yeah. to me, it's like, who's to blame is these politicians, is, is my thinking. But the reality is, it's like, no. It's the people that allowed it to happen that put them in office and didn't throw them out of office. Yeah, yeah. So enter Obama, and um, 
like it's over you know we're done it's like you know it's hopeless and then something i never saw coming happened and that was the tea party movement mm -hmm. you yeah. know it was we were i think we we're kind of like the frog in slow boiling water that obama came and just cranked it up and the frog started to jump Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, it was like everybody was starting to see some of the stuff with it that I've been concerned about for a long time. And, and it's like, wow, like people are waking up. And, yeah. uh, and then when his, his, you know, midterms came, it was either Obama versus Romney. It was like, I mean, in my opinion, the two, two same hands of the, of the same deep state. You know, it was like, and this is the game they play. Like they give you the right, they give you the left. And, mm -hmm. and either way, they're, they're taking away our freedoms uh, yeah. through either either party so I was like but what did happen there is over the next uh, starting his second term over the next six years we replaced 70 percent of the house and the senate um sorry I'm losing you here let's see let me turn off let me turn off the phone it was we replaced 70 percent of the house and the senate it's the biggest house cleaning in the history of the country you think about the Rand Paul's the Trey Gowdy's that you know Sorry, I'm having people trying to call me. I need to <laughs> fix that. Anyways, it was it was phenomenal. We we had a massive house cleaning, and uh, we shut Obama down. He got nothing done, and um, and we went after the IRS. Uh, the IRS was targeting people. The EPA we defunded. It was like honestly, it was like this amazing. Like all of a sudden, I had all this hope. Yeah. And then after that next election, it was you know. I was re really concerned, but feeling hopeful because the people were so engaged. And, uh, but I was, I had so little faith in the two people we finally were able to choose from because it always seemed over the past how many years, you know, they kind of manipulated things. So it really didn't matter when it came to the final, you know, um, you know, last two people in the election. But, you know, we saw the left going after Trump. I actually didn't like Trump at first at all. I saw the left go after him. I thought, yeah, the guy's kind of crazy. Then I saw the right going after him. The media was going after him. And, and uh, I would kind of like Ben Carson at the mm, time. Yeah. And uh, I was just looking for anybody that wasn't part of the deep state. Right. Yeah. I hear you. And so then Romney came out. I don't know if you remember, but Romney came out and like attacked Trump. Uh -huh. and, I was like, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that's our guy like, what's like, going oh, on here <laughs> yeah because yeah. like, because romney's like obviously deep state and so yeah. when i saw all these people after him i was like okay you know what the guy seems a little bit crass he's not my type of guy he says things but the enemy of my enemy is my friend exactly and, yeah yeah like totally don't trust the guy uh but then he gets in office and sure enough you know you start watching the bills and watching what he actually did i mean obviously the way he handled himself is different but you actually look what he did and i was absolutely amazed amazed so but sorry go on yeah no, go ahead go ahead oh i was just gonna say uh you know i very much like you i didn't trust trump at all in the beginning and i remember having arguments with my dad you know my dad loved him and uh i remember i you know, I grew up right outside New York City. I lived in New York City. Like, I know people who knew Trump personally. I knew people who dated his kids. Like, and I was like, he's best friends with the Clintons. They've got some deal. Like, I have this whole, yeah. you know, thing in my head. I did not trust him. And within the first month, I was like, I was totally wrong. This is the first time I have seen a politician actually do what he says he's going to do. You know, and he was far from perfect. But that was huge. 
to see somebody yeah. actually deliver and do what they say they're going to do. You rarely see that in politics. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I always keep try to keep a very uh, distrustful eye on all politicians because power corrupts. So I've sure. always had this kind of thing, you know, watching him. But, um, you know, the thing, another thing about Trump, besides the fact he did, all, he, he actually, if you look at the legislation, what he actually did was phenomenal. Sure. But I think there was another interesting thing about him is that Trump really represented how the people felt. He was a populist president. Yeah. Well, yes. And, and is it, you know, think about it for so long, we've been like silence, politically correct, silence, yeah. silence, silence. And the, and the tea party, people were so frustrated by this being silenced with political correctness totally. and Trump just comes out and he's like, just says all these things, you know, offensive. I mean, and a lot of things you still like, I have, sometimes have a hard time with him when he's like, well, bro, just stop talking. But, <laughs> yeah. But he, what, but he said what a lot of people felt. Yes. And I, I think there's so much more to him than people really want to recognize, but he really, and he really gave a lot of loud voice to that, you know, these people who had been silenced forever and, yeah. And uh, so I think he played, he did some really good things. Obviously, he, he didn't help. You had CNN pushing divisiveness. He was a little divisive. So, so that, that was one of the bad things is it led to more divisiveness. Right. Uh, but it really solidified the conservative side and, and gave them a little bit more strength and, and confidence to stand up for themselves. But, the, but one of my biggest concerns with, with Trump, and I'm not, again, I'm not anti-Trump at all, sure. um, but we had this, the, the, what got us there and got us energy independent and, and led us to like the middle class start growing again and all these fundamental things that are important for freedom was, was not necessarily Trump. It mm -hmm. was the people who got involved back when Obama was in office. So it was the yeah. people that woke up and said enough's enough and the people and, and, and Trump and, and all these um, you know, Freedom Caucus type guys were a reflection of the people being engaged. Yeah. So, so the danger is, 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 and the bad thing, what happened is, is there was this, it, it was almost like the people feel like we won. Mm -hmm, our our right. guys there trust the plan. Right. Yeah. Yep. And what happened is, you know, the most essential thing for freedom, not the president, but the people yep. went back to work, went back to entertaining themselves and, 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 you know, and we start allowing Romney gets in office. We allow these, you know, these rhinos get back in office because we took our hands off the steering wheel. Right. And, uh, and to me, that's, that's what really was like the downfall. And then the elections happen. And of course, you know, I don't think, I think most people common sense, you look at these stadiums chanting, you know, how much they love Biden. I think it's pretty clear that there's no way that he got more votes than anyone in, in the history of this country. I mean, that's obvious. So, right. so, you know, I've been working for a political watchdog organization the last uh, six years. Right. And, and basically what we do is we get business owners involved in the political process, uh, letting them know what bills are being voted on each every week when Congress is in session. And then the click of the button, they send a letter to their, their senators and their congressmen and say, hey, I'm either for this bill or I'm against it. Mm -hmm. And then the congressmen and senators write them back. And then when they vote we send them an email or, or through our app, we let them know, hey, here's how they voted. Let them know what you think. So I loved it because it was this accountability. You know, uh, it, we were basically helping increase accountability in Washington. 
Right. And so I'm having conversations with, with business owners all day long about their frustrations and their excitement when Trump was in office. And, um, and then after January 6th, it was like, I'm seeing all these, you know, people mostly here in Utah. And it was like, everyone was like, had just was giving up hope. And, um, and, and everyone's like, it's over and there's no hope for the country. And I'm like, and it was really frustrating because if, if the people give up hope and they don't get involved, then we really lose this country. Of course. And uh, so, you know, I'm telling them, no, no, remember what happened with Obama. And I said, look, I have more hope now than I did when Obama was first in office. Because right. think about this. How many people were awake when Obama was in office, first in office? It's true. Nobody, right? Until yeah. The yeah. Started. And I always say the great awakening can best the great reset, right? So we need more yes. people to wake up. Yeah. So think about, you know, compared to when early Obama compared to today, how many people are awake now comparatively? Yeah. yeah. So many. We have a, so many a lot of people are awake, understand the principles of freedom, and they're not sitting on the sidelines. So what I tell, you know, these, these business owners is say, look, um, what do you think is going to happen this time when, when Biden comes and cranks up the heat? Mm -hmm. If we saw the Tea Party movement, what that did, what Ob how Obama led to the Tea Party movement, a sleeping nation, what do you think is going to be coming over the next few years? Right. And it is the Tea Party times 10 times 20. And that's why, you know, I, and actually, I, I says, look, I've got more hope now. Because, and I actually feel like Biden's a good thing. You know, because you, because, and this is what I tell people, it's like freedom is like oxygen. Mm -hmm. You don't value it until you start to lose it. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and the good, good comparison is 1774, uh, 1775. You know, why didn't we have the Revolutionary War in 1774 or 75? Right. You know, the ideas were there. People were teaching principles of liberty. Um, yeah. But they needed the noose of of uh, England to tighten more troops on the ground, more you know tyranny to, for the people to finally say enough's enough. In fact, you know, look at John Adams. Mm -hmm. John Adams early on, he he he, he kind of was against these people standing up and and, and causing trouble. Uh, you know, when the Boston Tea Party happened, he was he was upset at that uh, at what Americans did there. But eventually, when the tyranny got strong enough, or the noose got tightened around the neck. He, he became one of the greatest proponents for freedom. Right. So right now we have a lot of John Adams out there that are still like, you know, oh, you know, things are okay, you know, like, you know, but as Biden tightens the noose around our collective necks, yeah, we are going to see more and more people. Everyone has a different threshold for, for tyranny. You know, for some of us, like we see the noose even getting near us and we're like, kicking and screaming like get out you know i mean we i saw know that was an office that was it was too much other people like when it's just around slightly around the neck they say this is enough you saw a lot of people last year wake up right during covid yeah. a lot of yeah. people like this is okay and that was great for waking people up well there are some people that more and as, as that news tightens we are going to see more and more people wake up and freedom is is always about the people Oh, wait. Not yeah. about politicians. Of the so people, the, by the people, for the people, right? Yeah, the, never incumbent, incumbent upon one man or one plan. It is always we, the people. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I have this. So it was like, I started having all this hope. I'm like, 
this is exactly what we need, need because we that for us to get our freedoms back, we need we the people to wake up and say enough is enough. Um, so asking why I decided to run it this at yeah. this point, I still had no intention of running. In fact, my thing was always had I was always very frustrated with politicians. Sure. But at this point, it was like, you know what? Um, I was telling telling, you know, my members and these business owners, I like, guess what? Here's the cool thing. Think about these schools too, how horrible they are with you know the colleges. It says, but there's always there's always uh, duality in everything. Mm-hmm. Whenever you know, so the more light, the, the brighter, the more darkness, the greater the light. So I said, think about some of these young kids coming out of college right now. You have some of the most bright lights coming out. They call the Candace Owens, the Charlie Kirks, the you know you. We can go through and and and, and name several of these amazing young patriots. Because it used to be you went to college and you were conservative because your parents were. But now to be, you have to understand the principles of liberty. Right. So I'm like, guess what? We're going to have some leadership in th- that's going to start showing up. In 2022, 2024, there's going to be a house cleaning like this country's never seen. And we're going to have straight up patriot, you know, you know, philosopher warriors that we're going to send to Washington. And we are going to clean house and go after these people. And uh, eventually, you know, people like say, well, wait, why don't you? And I'm like, well, you know, it's not my thing. I'm not, you know, especially I've got a colorful past. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I've never like geared up and, you know, to be a politician. But uh, eventually, you know, I was at a, uh, a uh, John Eldridge uh, men's retreat. And uh, we were spent a few days up in the woods, just a lot disconnected from phones and kind of some spiritual messages and just had the feeling I needed to do it. And it terrified me. And, but I realized, you know, um, we have, I have a choice. I can wait for 2022 to come mm-hmm. and find out, you know, nobody stood up or find out someone did stand up and they knew how to talk all the talking points, but they didn't understand the constitution. And if that happens and, and I know I could have stood up and I didn't, mm-hmm. then then all of a sudden now I'm now I ha- I'm now responsible for not doing something when I knew I could have. And I may not be understand the administrative side of, of politics, but I understand the principles of the Constitution. I understand the principles of liberty and the proper of government. And we've seen administrative, you know, politicians destroy this country over the last hundred plus years. And uh, administrative procedural act of 1947. Yeah. Yeah, but what what we don't have is people understand proper principles of government. And so I was like, you know what? I I do know what government authority the government has and what it doesn't have. I know where they're crossing the line all the time. Yeah. And I said, you know what? It's I can sit and complain or I can stand up and do my part. And, uh, and, I, and I've really just come to believe that, you know, and the other reason I want to do it is I've been talking all, all again, I'm having these conversations with business owners all, you know, all day long. And I'm telling them the key to freedom is, is we have to pull power out of the federal government. It's, it's completely reversed its role from being, you know, it used to be God, the individual, local government, state, and then federal with almost no, no power in our lives. Right. Well, they've, they've, they've managed to eliminate God over the last, you know, 10 plus years. And completely flip the power structure. So now as the federal government, you know, the bureaucracies, the state, local government, and then and then the collectivism is, you know, it's not even about the U.S. individual, it's what group you belong to. Yep. And then the individual doesn't matter. They 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 literally there is a war against the individual and a war against God. And and so I'm telling people the answer is we got to flip it back the correct way, and, and we've got to. The way to stop the federal government is through getting control of our states. Yeah. 
Did you, you hear Gensaki say how uh, the federal government has all power over the states? Has she, has she read the Constitution? She overlooked the Tenth Amendment. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, been, yeah. And it's even and it's even beyond the Tenth Amendment. It is this. It was the states, the thirteen states, yeah, that got together and created the federal government. Absolutely. So, yeah. so the so the federal government is is subservient to the states, and and but we have but we have you know given up the power of the states to the federal government, and it's the only way to fix that is the states have to stand up and say no. You've exceeded yeah. your authority. We are pulling power away from you. We're putting a constitutional wall around here, and you will not. We will not comply with what you're doing. And you're seeing Texas and Florida and South Dakota, some of these states doing it. So I'm here in Utah telling our business owners, you need to know your state rep. You need to know your state sender. Like we've got to step up and, and we've got to clean house in Utah. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going around. I've got 250, 300 business owners here, but that's not enough. And I'm like, we got to get this message out to the mainstream. We've got to get the message out to the people. We want to fix the country. It doesn't work. It's not, it's not about waiting for a president. It's not waiting for our governor. It's the answer is you have to go to the highest authority and that's the people. Yeah. We are the highest authority in the land. The answers have to come from us. We are the leaders we're looking for. And so my message is, hey, it's let's get out to the people and tell the people it's time to get in the, it's time to get our country back. And it starts with each of us individually putting our lives in order with God. You know, this constitution was written for a moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. It, it, you know, if the, the, the more out of, out of uh, alignment our own lives are, the more we have need to be controlled by the outside. If we can't control ourselves, we need outside forces to control us. Right. I. E. That's why our prisons are filled. You know, we have, to, we have to restore fathers. We have to restore the family. We have gun problems, we, so, or so to say. Well, the gun problems are actually are fatherless problems. You know, all the, the crime, the, even the, the corrupt politicians, we want to fix all these problems. We need to fix the family. Yeah. We need to fix. We need to fix the individuals. We need individuals aligned with God, aligned with living their living their true purpose, living the best they know how, putting their families in order, and then it moves outwards. God, family, country. You know, you cannot have your life unaligned and then say, "I'm going to go fix the country" when your own house is not in order. And so that's the message we're telling people: is look, country's a mess. The place to start is in our own backyard. Let's put our lives in order and let's start taking over some of these seats. Let's run for school board. Let's run for city council. Let's run for the most important roles are not our federal offices. It's mm -hmm. state Congress, state senator. It is our state. Why? So if, if that's the most important, why am I running for a federal position? Yeah, tell for me. One reason, for the platform. For the platform, because everyone thinks that's the role that matters. So that's the, oh, he's running. Let's listen to him. No, no. That's why I'm running is, hey, I'm doing this. And it's to remind you that what I'm doing and running for federal is not nearly as important as these people running for your state. The battle is, is for our state. The battle is for our families. And then to get our state in line. And, to, and, we, and we got three years to do it. And by 2024, every single seat, should, including our, our senator, we can have an absolute house cleaning. If we, the people will unite, get organized and start cleaning and start working together as we, the people. And, and to me, that's why when people say, oh, there's, I'm, I don't know I'm hopeless. I'm like, or we, there's no hope. I'm like, you're absolutely wrong. This is the time of great hope. Look what's going on in Australia. The yeah. people are waking up. Yeah. They're hitting the streets. Paris, 
around the world, people are waking up, even New York now, where my wife's from, her family's from there, people are waking up out there and they're starting to hit the streets. People are going to wake up. And my mission and our mission is, is to help them wake up and provide leadership for people to say, and so that when they do wake up, people can get involved in, and people can start leading this movement. And, uh, and that's really, you know, what I believe the key to, to win, to getting this, this saving our constitution is. Well, that's, that's beautiful. I very much support your mission. I'm curious though, you, you talk a lot about the people getting involved, the people taking action. You talked about 2022, 2024, cleaning house. What are your thoughts on, you know, our, the state of our election integrity and the hopes for us to clean house? So I'm, I'm very concerned. And I think, you know, to not be concerned is to have your head in the sand. Uh, and I will tell you, I'm here in Utah, and Utah's an amazing state, people with amazing values. And, and uh, but, you know, th there's a problem we have is that we tend to think everything's okay. Right. And, uh, and the more I've, the more I've been involved in this political process, the more I've started to realize things are not as great here in the state as far in the political realm as, as I had uh, believed. There, there is, we have some major challenges here. It's not, uh, you know, it's the, Utah has its own deep state. Let's just put it that way. So there is a problem, and and for and it seems like most states have a problem at some degree. Right. But it's no problem that that a group, a solid group of people who believe in the principles of liberty, can't fix. You know, we we this can be fixed, and it may take a couple of years. But we can replace people who are not standing up for election integrity. We can we can demand that people start being. You know, when the people are united. And my goal is by next summer, I want to see, you know, my goal is, it's not, a, obviously we want to win, but, but even more important than winning is I, I'd like to have 10,000 people organized by next summer where we want to hit the Capitol and say, hey, we're not going to comply with this, or we need to, we need to get people involved on this issue or that issue. That's power. The yeah. power is the people. And if we have 10,000 people demanding that some of these dominion voting systems we have here in Utah, that, you know, get out of there. Yeah. Do not empower the people. Yeah. Last Monday, we had a thousand people show up at the state capitol building about the uh, mandates, uh, mm -hmm. these vaccine mandates. We had a thousand citizens uh, show up. Right. There was three overflow rooms and and demand accountability. This is we will not comply. Out of out of a thousand people, there's probably a handful of people who were pro mandate. And uh, that sent a very powerful message to our poli politicians that, 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 a, uh, that a groundswell is happening, awakening is happening, that a power change is, in, is coming. And it is changing from politicians to the people. And courage breeds courage. The yes, more people start absolutely. getting involved and standing up. And, and that's one of the other things I like about why I'm doing this. I've, I've got a really flawed background. I'm a normal guy. I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been beat up. I've been knocked down. I got back up. And if I can stand up and, and get in this fight, I guarantee so can you. And that's, and that's the message is, look, we all have a role to play. Mm -hmm. We didn't come here to sit on the sidelines and watch our freedoms, our children's freedoms get washed away. We right. came here to play a role in this, in this amazing battle. And I believe this is one of the most important times in the history of this earth. This, this battle right now, what we're facing over over agency and tyranny, over the over the future of this country, will we stay a republic? Will the constitution remain? The right. the ramifications are massive, because if we lose the light of liberty here, 
it'll go out throughout the whole world. Absolutely. And we have the ability to make a difference. Yeah. yeah. We have a role to play. We do. Absolutely. I, I, my uh, analogy is always the, the beekeeper. You know, I say that, uh, that, you know, the, how they say that when all the bees go, then humanity is done, you know, the world will die. Um, but I feel that way about America. I think that, you know, when we go, the world follows. And so it's incumbent upon us to preserve the free will of humanity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a really cool video I saved. It was a, uh, it was on Instagram and it was someone interviewing, um, you know, a reporter. He's obviously a very conservative reporter in, in Australia. And they're yeah. talking about everything going on out there and his concerns and, and how they're losing everything. Yeah. And the guy in America says, do you have anything to say to our audience here in America? Yeah. And he, said, he says, wake up. He's like, all the world is waiting for you and watching you. You know, like, yeah. we need you. Like, you cannot be asleep right now. Like, and like, if, if you guys don't stand up, it's over. Yeah. And, and, there, and so we all have a responsibility. You know, those, you know, we, the people, we have a responsibility. Um, we live like kings and queens. Mm -hmm. yeah we're very fortunate yeah you, you know we've we've been blessed and, and handed down a gift from our from our forefathers mm -hmm. you know of, of this freedom this liberty and just to put it in perspective just realize in in the first seven thousand years we've been on this earth as, as human beings when the founding fathers created this country we were still at a horse and plow yeah that's something to think about yeah and then they created this 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 uh the constitution and this principle of of the divine worth of the individual and, and, the, and the importance of respecting each individual and, and keeping the government out of the way you know of over regulating controlling and, and directing and, and managing these people and in a matter of 200 years of light and liberty we went from the horse and plow to where the average person lives better than any emperor and i'll say emperor could have ever dreamed yeah that was that i didn't create electricity i didn't create all this wealth oh. and this, this this abundance in my life that was given to me yeah and i have a choice either use up all the resources that i've been given all these blessings and then mm -hmm. and then allow and then leave nothing so my children have go back into debtors and into enslavement like like most of humanity or i can say i've been blessed with freedom and liberty. I've been blessed with prosperity and it's worth me investing and in making sure I can pass that down to my children as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you look at what's going on right now with this spending money, with opening our borders, you know, in, in Afghanistan with China at our doorstep. It's like, we are literally on the verge of losing everything. I mean, we're printing money, not in its cost, it's, it's causing inflation, it's causing, you know, raise in taxes. But the biggest thing is it's, it, we're, we're, we're stealing money from our children. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, are we that selfish that all we're thinking about is the now? Yeah. Short sighted. Yeah. Yeah. Give me money. Give me, let me just take care of me for myself. Let me give me a you know, universal basic income. And we're not thinking about what is the consequence. Right. Absolutely. The two things I wanted to address. One, you, you mentioned the Dominion machines, and I just want to address it's not just the Dominion. You know, they've shown that it's really, there are many other companies. Um, yeah. You know, that's the, the famous one at this point, but it, 
all of these companies that are hooked up to the internet and there's no reason for any machines to be hooked up to the internet. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to address that. And the other thing I'd really like to ask you about is you, you've mentioned several times now, freedom and liberty. And I do think that they are slightly nuanced difference between yeah. the two. Um, and I'm curious your thoughts on that, if you could expound on that a bit. All right. So I read up on this a little while ago. So you're gonna you know, refresh me. There. Okay. So if I if I recall correctly, um, one is one is freedom to make a choice, but you're not free of the con has to do with consequence. Um, let's see. You share with me. It'll come back. Sure. So share, uh, I, I do remember reading on this, but yeah, there is a difference. So the way I see it, and I mean, we can look up the actual definition so that we're, you know, speaking in, uh, you know, specific and uh, accurate terms, but in terms yeah. of just how I see it, I, I look at freedom as being something that is, uh, you know, individual, it, it's a, and it, it requires personal responsibility in order to have freedom. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's something that has to be exercised, you know, it's like you, you, you use it or lose it type of thing. Um, but it is a, I think that we, it's one of the things that we are, you know, endowed. Um, whereas liberty to me is more of a governmental construct to protect, uh, you know, the liberties uh, of the society um, and the, the people that are being governed. Uh, that's kind of, you know, a very probably awkward way to explain it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I was curious your thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, I would love to, maybe we will just look up freedom versus liberty. Yeah, no, and I, and I think that's, I think that is the whole point too, that a society of people who are not in control, you know, are not, um, are not able to master their own lives, are incapable of having liberty either. Mm hmm you know, that that's, I think that's one of the challenges. I mean, if, you know, and that's why to me, it starts with the individuals is if, if I, if I'm not in control of my own life, if I'm enslaved by my habits, if I'm right. enslaved by, you know, vices, addiction, um, you know, I'm not free as an individual and, and a group of, in a society of people who are not free um, as individuals cannot have liberty. Yeah. And I, I rule over them. I think absolutely. And I think why it's such an important distinction, I think right now is because I think, I think both are being stifled, honestly, like that's how I see it. I think both are being uh, trampled on, but I think that the freedoms are being trampled on uh, through a lot of, uh, you know, uh, social engineering and conditioning, you know, people are uh, being conditioned to, uh, be complacent and not take ownership of their own lives. Um, and they are not, you know, people don't often, whatever responsibility they can defer, they typically do. And so I think it's become a negative feedback loop where, you know, the government's trying to, the government and not just the government, but uh, well, just for lack of a better way of putting it, I'll just say the powers that be, <laughs> you know, they want people to be dependent. So they create, you know, lots of uh, psychological, uh, conditioning for people to be, you know, emotionally, physically, financially um, dependent upon, you know, either substances or, uh, you know, media or different policies that, you know, or uh, 
I, I like, you know, I, I'm thinking like the different kinds of uh, platforms that have been implemented, you know, uh, like, like welfare or, you know, the social, um, uh, what is, what is the word for that? Why am I blanking? Uh, but you, you, you know what I'm saying? The social, the platforms, the constructs that people become dependent upon. So I think that there's, you know, that side of it where freedom gets stripped because people are not exercising their freedom. And there's also the, uh, you know, the incrementalism that's involved, you know, like uh, <laughs> we just, just wear a mask, you know, just two weeks to flatten the curve. You know, these are the more recent things that we've seen, but they slowly strip away our freedoms. And then there's the liberties that are actually taken away as a result, you know? So I think that, I think there's a feedback loop, um, but I think it's important for people to understand that liberties are something that the government is, uh, should be protecting. Whereas yeah. the freedoms are something that I think individuals should exercise and people should be, you know, it's incumbent upon we, the people to fight back and demand, you know, that we have ownership over our free will and our personal freedoms. So that's kind yeah. of, yeah. I don't think I articulated it very well, but that's, yeah. No, you're, no, but you're exactly right. And, you know, and that's the thing that is governments typically move in one direction. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, once they start to gain power, they gain, they just goes to total power. Mm -hmm. uh, there's history, history shows a very clear um, lesson of that. I mean, is an example, yeah. it's, it's, it rarely, how about never happens that once the government gains power and once people give up their, <laughs> they don't relinquish it. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so it's, it is scary. And, you know, and I think to me, the whole thing with, with, um, yeah, we're, we're in a very dangerous place right now. And there's such a, you know, we've become so soft, um, as a nation, like we've really come to value safety over everything. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you even look back when I was a kid and, um, you know, I mean, I was a little bit in a more rough, rough, uh, neighborhood here and, but, uh, you know, we we're having BB gun wars, <laughs> you know, and like literally, you know, you know, one pump shoot each other and, you know, yeah, obviously you shouldn't be doing that stuff. It's, but, yeah, but when you compare that, you know, and it's going off these dirt hills, you know, and these jumps on our bikes and, you know, no one wore helmets back then and, right. and uh, you know, come home with scars and scabs and skateboarding down this, you know, crashing. Um, it's funny because now you look down, you know, you see it like kids riding a bike with a mask and a helmet and elbow pads and not, not to say that's wrong, but it's like just to compare our society, how, how much we've, and, and, but this actually matters because it does you know, warrior societies, when you study warrior societies yeah. and even like our, you know, the founding fathers and what this country was built upon, there's a real value. The value is always freedom. Yeah. Like freedom is, is, and, and, and the, and the lower value is safety. In other right. words, in fact, it was always safety was always, you know, almost like it, the value was always freedom way over safety. And, uh, you know, and even just looking in, in my own life, you know, this shift to where now this is this is hyper concern with our safety. And the reason that's dangerous is when our biggest priority or value is our safety, 
then what are we willing to trade for that safety? Exactly. And, and I think right now in this in this society, we have, we're raising children that are so concerned about safety that we need to put them in safe spaces where even language is not safe. And, uh, and, it's, and it's creating a very weak generation. Absolutely. And, uh, and that generation, when, when, you are, when you're so concerned with safety, then all of a sudden, once you have the threat, now all of a sudden you're willing to do whatever to protect me. And so you're you're willing to let the government come in and they oh tyranny always comes under the guise of safety and protection. Always. always. I mean, 1984, it's there's constant war, you know, it's constant war, it's constant threat, it's constant danger. And that is that is uh, what was it that John Adams said? Um, um, But yeah, I mean, fear, fear is one of the greatest, you know, tools for tyranny. And uh, when you have it and when you breed a society that it is extremely fearful, you know, mm-hmm. that's a society that's just ready to be swept up in, in tyranny. And, and, and so that's that, some of the you know, social conditioning I was alluding to, you know, is, is just yeah. breathe this fear um, and, and make people so risk adverse. You know, I, I think that's one of the things you're really alluding to when you talk about, you know, the difference of uh, the warrior mentality and how they value freedom, but they're willing to take risk. And this country, you know, was founded by risk takers. And I I have a theory that there is actually a genetic, I know it's a genetic trait. It's the RDR4 with the seventh allele, um, you know, is the risk taking gene. And I think that, you know, our founders were had probably had a higher percentage of people who had that gene. And I think it's being bred out generation after generation, which is really sad because you need, uh, and this is part of why you need strong men. It's another reason why I think they're trying to breed out uh, you know, they call masculinity toxic because strong men are risk takers. They are willing to go out and fight for the freedom because they want autonomy over their own lives and the ability to take the risk to provide and protect for their loved ones. So, yeah, that's a really powerful point. And, you know, it's been interesting because as I've uh, over the years had my frustration about this country and, and I'm always wanting to say what's the root problem and at first mm-hmm. oh it's politicians and then the more I diagnose <laughs> the people and, and then I came to see no it's it's the family it's the family that's that's you know it's a, it's collapsed the family but where I've really kind of settled now is I think the biggest problem in this country um is the failure of men yeah I think that's I, a huge and I don't blame them entirely because I think there has been I think it's by design you know, I think there has been a construct to weaken men intentionally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no question. I mean, you look, you, that, you know, that, all you got to do is to understand what's going on is get, dig into Marxism and dig yeah. into, you know, all you have to do is study ch- uh, China, study uh, Russia. Yep. And, uh, and the key for communism and Marxism is you have to destroy the family. Yep. And, and the best way to destroy the family is, is destroy the man, destroy the marriage. Uh, and so this is, I mean, this is what we're experiencing. This is why history is so important. Don't and it's so, it's so damning to our country that we are ripping history out of these school, of our schools. It, they say over, over half of the kids don't even know what Auschwitz is. I mean, in fact, you can take an AP history class in Utah. Get this, AP history, you will not learn about the Holocaust. Wow. Okay. Th- these are... Yeah, so this is why you do not want the government running your schools. No. Okay, government is not the answer. It is the problem. The founding fathers said the Constitution was a chain to control the government. You know, and 
not, not, not switching gears here, but the problem with the government is, you know, I was uh, talking to a, a, a gun shop owner mm-hmm. and we, and we were talking about, um, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, what I do, how getting people involved in holding Congress accountable and, and getting people more involved in holding Congress accountable. And he said, Jason, you know, I served in, uh, I was a sniper. I had over a thousand confirmed kills. And he said, I want you to know something. He said, all these people, you know, that are holding, writing Congress, these other business owners that participate in the organization. He said, they could, they could leave their jobs, leave their wives. They go to Iraq and they could even lay down their lives in this country. But he said it would not have near the impact on preserving our freedoms as what they're doing right here as far as holding, fighting with the pen to hold Congress accountable. And then he quoted Thomas Paine, who said, it's the duty of the true patriot to protect its country from its government. You know, it, it, we, we forget government is, is not, it, it is fire. You know, it, it is dangerous. It, you know, and, and now we want government running our schools running our, 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 our welfare systems, running our, you know, every aspect, our healthcare, every aspect of our lives, you know, the, the, our, the greatest threat to mankind has been governments. I mean, in the last, you know, here we are talking about the pandemic. Did we not forget about the pandemic of, of communism in the last century, in the last century, it murdered a hundred million middle-class, its own citizens, right? Christians, Jews, anyone who believed in God, anyone who yeah. could provide for themselves was murdered by these communist regime, regimes. And yeah. yet here we're saying, oh, we need a fear, you know, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be conscious about, you know, viruses and sicknesses, but, but the irony is we're so caught up on this virus that we're giving the federal government. That has a 99.9% survival rate for most people. I mean, there was a, once upon a time where there were infectious diseases that really were, you know, pandemics. This doesn't qualify as an epidemic, let alone a pandemic. And that's not to say that people don't get sick, but it should not be creating the kind of fear and tyrannical uh, approaches that we're seeing. Yeah. And, and see, and this is this is the thing about the pandemic, too, is, look, I'm fine if we're going to have a, a, a side that says, you know what, this is something we need to lock down and we want to do this. But what I'm not fine with is when we want to stop debate, when debate is no longer okay. Because it was, well, back in the past, we did this. And back in the past, we did this. And in, and in, and in uh, you know, England, when they, when, they, they, when they had bombers coming at night, it, would, we, it was mandatory when closed. It was a law, you had to block out the light. Great. There are times when we've done things like that. Right. But what is not okay is when, we, when there is no debate. When we say, this is what we're doing. Freedom of and speech. if you want to question it, if you want to question it, you will be censored. You will be silenced. It is, and that is what is so dangerous. Absolutely. You know what? You want to have different theories. We need theories. We need different conversations. We need conversations right. We need conversations left, and we need to have conversations together so we can find middle ground. Yeah. But the problem is when we say this is the answer, and anyone who questions it will be silenced and will be eliminated. That's there are so many things that are terrifying about what's going on right now, and the problem is. We don't have people, people raised in, this, in our school systems, we can't think critical. Like we can't think, hmm. you know, I was in Portland this week and I'm, I'm ordering um, at a pizza place. There's a, I'm outside, there's a plexiglass window that mm-hmm. goes the full thing. I mean, I could, there's no gap there. And the guy, and I'm outside and the guy comes, he's wearing a mask. He says, I can't take your order if you're not wearing a mask. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just curious, like, if I had this, if I was sick, 
how could that virus even even get through even this plexiglass? But the thing is, we're not allowed to think critical anymore. Like thinking critical is is oh you're 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 crazy. Like right. and, you know like even thinking critically now is is like you're not allowed to think, and that's so dangerous. So when, dangerous. When, yeah. I, I, like, one of my sorry, go on, yeah. No, no, you. Oh, I was just going to say one of my favorite uh, quotes from uh, Richard Feynman, the scientist. He said, "You know, there there are many." Uh, there are many questions that cannot be answered, but there are no answers that cannot be questioned. That is, that's science, right? Uh, and we have lost that. Now it's, you know, the, the experts have spoken and you cannot question it. That's not science, <laughs> you know? No. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but, you know, just bringing it full circle though, because yeah. it is easy, so easy to get frustrated in how yeah. things are right now, but, you know, freedom is a circular thing. Um, yeah. And, and we're at a point right now where, you know, when you, when you, when you let freedom go for long enough, tyranny always grows. Um, and then it comes a point where tyranny, the noose gets tight enough and people start to fight back and then freedom comes again. So, you know, and especially in America, I really believe the light of liberty will not be extinguished here. And so it's, so, you know, I try to keep from getting caught up in all the negative. Yeah. And just remember that there is a blessing in all this. Yeah, for sure. And the it's blessing so is, yeah, it, it is people are waking up. People are seeing through the, the, some of this stuff that, wow, you know what? It is weird that we're not allowed to question that. It is weird that everyone who questions is silenced. It is weird that you have social media people, you know, silencing certain people. Like, what? since when is that what freedom's about? Right. So, so I, I, again, it's, this is a good time for America because I think we are seeing an awakening happen. And more than an awakening, it needs to be people saying, I'm not just going to be awake, but I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do something about it. Right. And I, I think that, that, and I think that's where we're heading. I think that's what we're going to see the next three years is, is a huge resurgence of the people. And I think that I mean, the fact of the matter is, um, well, I've got a book that talks about it, but actually this, this, this is a cool book. Okay. Um, Why Civil Resistance Works. And, and it's actually oh. a type book. That but looks awesome. Thing, I love the title. It, it, yeah, yeah, and it's actually written, you know, not for us, <laughs> but, but they study, but they study every, every uh, peaceful revolution since this in the last, you know, 200 years, civil rights movement, you know, Gandhi, they go through it, you know, uh, different parts of the world, right. and you want to know what's fascinating is what percentage of, of people do you think need to be involved peacefully for a revolution or, or to change over a government? What, what 11%. 11? 11. 11. Okay. The answer they found was 3.5%. Really? Yeah. Wow. And the founding okay. fathers. I thought I read that it was 11% need to, you need to have 11% resistance. Three point. E, e, no, this is why Patrick Henry is, so we don't need a, or Samuel Adams, we don't need a majority to prevail, but rather an irate minority keen on setting brush fires of freedom. We don't, we don't need the masses. And you know, what we need is, Three and a half percent of people saying we will not comply. Three and a half percent in the streets. And uh, that's amazing. That's so hopeful. Yeah, that's completely feasible. That's why the left, what what the people don't realize is we are in a race because we're no longer a constitutional republic. You know, we are a a very solid democracy that's very lean, that's more socialist than we are constitutional republic. And democracies never last. They always go when they always fall because yeah. it's tyranny of the masses. 
Yeah, mob so, rule. Yeah, mob rule. So we are in in a transitionary state in this in this uh, country. The post constitutional era. Yeah, we are in a race to that three and a half percent, which is why you know critical race theory. If you really get down to the bottom of it, it is all about activism. You know, yeah. uh, mass line actions. That's what uh, Mao called it. Yep, mass line right. actions. And, and and Obama community leaders. They they realize that they get three and a half percent of the population in the streets. That is enough to turn the government. Uh, but it's the same principle for us. If we can get three and a half percent of people who believe in the principles of liberty to do more than sit and hide behind their computer screen and just watch and maybe like, and, and occasionally say something pro-freedom, if we can get those people to start getting involved in politics, start getting involved in helping run events, start getting involved in organizing events, start getting involved in showing up at events, we don't need the masses. Right. Learn, learn from, learn lessons from what works, from what they do. Yeah. You should learn. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you established, that's what the thing about January 6th, that was so significant. Yeah. That was a massive check, not checkmate, but that was a massive move because these guys are so, we're, we are fighting brilliant minds. Um, and, oh, and they yeah. are so far advanced. So they've been planning this for years. Um, but oh, the decade. <laughs> For decades, and we, but the, but the fortunate thing for us is we have light on our side. We have truth on our side. Yeah. So you know, and I believe we're going to win. That. But you know, so their Jan January sixth was a stroke of brilliance because what it did is there was after the elections there was this huge groundswell of, of freedom lovers that says this is not okay, and they weren't yeah. violent, but they were, but they were upset. Well, January sixth was like a stroke of brilliance because what it basically did is it came and put a huge squash on that movement. And said you're all terrorists, and you and and all the politicians played along. Oh yeah, January sixth, like you're all oh you know terrible. All these all these right wing crazy terrorist patriots, and it's like, and what did that do? To, that whole movement, what was what would leave that three and a half percent? It sent them all screwing their homes, you know, and hiding behind their computer screens. Right. And uh, and and the truth is, you know, the First Amendment is the right to assemble. Yeah. Yep. The right okay. to assemble and the when, right when to you go to a football game, think of the energy when you have, you know, thousands of people harmonizing on this on 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 something simple as a football team and the energy that brings. Yeah. What would happen if we had 10,000 people harmonizing on freedom? That'd be the amazing. Power, the power is would that can change the world. Absolutely. And so, and so that's why to me, that is the key to freedom. That is the path to victory. Is, is we have to light the fire of, of liberty in people's hearts. It's already there. We just need to inspire them to stand up and get involved. And, and you see the left, they know it. That's why, oh, three percenters, oh, if you do this, you're a terrorist. Oh, the biggest threat to this country is, is these conservatives. They do not want us to assemble. No, of course and that's don't. exactly yeah. why we must assemble. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to read these definitions. I think it might be uh, useful for the audience and maybe for us. So let me read that at least what they have now, you know, definitions have, have changed, but I will read what they say. Freedom, they list six definitions. Um, the condition of not being in prison or captivity, the condition of being free of restraints, especially the ability to act without control or interference by another or by circumstance, the condition of not being controlled by another nation or political power, political independence. The condition of not being subject to despotic or oppressive power, civil liberty. 
And then five, con the condition of not being constrained or restricted in a specific aspect of life by a government or other power. And six, the condition of not being a slave. And so then I looked up liberty and let's see, liberty, let's see all of them. Definition. All right, let's see the whole thing. All right, they have eight definitions of liberty. The condition of being free from confinement, servitude, or forced labor. Two, the condition of being free from oppressive restriction or control by a government or other power. Three, a right to engage in certain actions without control or interference by a government or other power. Four, the right to power, the right or power to act as one chooses. Five, a deliberate department departure from what is proper, accepted, or prudent, especially. Six, a breach or overstepping of propriety or social convention. Seven, a departure from strict compliance. And eight is a deviation from accept, accepted truth or known fact. Interesting. I yeah. love it. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that it's really interesting. They're really similar, but I do think there's a slight nuance in the sense of uh, that one does seem to be much more personally related. I think yeah. freedom as being, you know, much more individual and, uh, you know, liberty, the liberty of the people. Um, and that should be protected, you know, in our case, it's protected by the Constitution, um, whether it be our, you know, national constitution or the state constitutions that we have. So, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and hence Patrick Henry's correct usage of give me liberty or give me death. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So I think people need to return to that and stand up for it. So I'm curious with you running, you said that you, if you can do it, then anybody can that you're, you know, the every man and you don't have a perfect path. Um, what, uh, what are some of the things that are, were most or are most, uh, daunting to you uh, about running, you know, that, uh, that you've had to kind of tackle that I, it looks like your passion has kind of surmounted that, but what has been some of the things that made you question maybe doing this, if this was. Um, when, when the impression first came to me to do it, I was terrified. I was I told you I was up in this uh, men's retreat and uh, you know, I just uh, was absolutely embarrassed that I would even think that it was like, is this something coming from, you know, above or is this my ego? Um, and it, the last thing I want to do is let my ego put me into a place that is absolutely going to ruin my family and my life. Uh, my life was actually pretty good at the time. I was, you know, very comfortable, you know, uh, we own our home. My wife and I spend a lot of time together. Our girls are, are raised like we're in a good spot in our lives right now. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I was, there was, I was, I was, I was really embarrassed even to talk about it because it's like, who am I? And those who know me know that I've really struggled with some things in my life. Like I've, I've, you know, I came from a broken family and, um, good mom, good dad, but again, society is really falling apart. And when, uh, and it makes it very hard to raise families in this society and especially 
when you have, uh, you know, my dad came from a, uh, his dad came from Greece and he came and, and he came from a very abusive home. Um, so these things are generational. And so, you know, I've had a rough life. I've been through some, some real rough things and I made a lot of really uh, bad decisions on my own. And I've, I've had to climb out of literally claw my way out of uh, hell to kind of uh, um, overcome some things in my life. So it's like, you know, so for someone like me to say something so audacious as I'm going to run for Congress, um, I mean, I dropped out of high school, you wow. know, I mean, yeah, I was, I didn't, you know, I had, a, I, I, it was rough growing up. Um, I ended up later getting in college and doing pretty well, ended up going to BYU, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, so, so it's like, you know, that's, that's part of it. And we all have, I think that's something we all struggle with is we have the world inside you know, we, we have the world inside that tells us that we have divine worth and that, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have the seeds of divinity and that side always kind of inspires us to, you know, reach our highest potential. Mm-hmm. But we also have the outer world that kind of tells us we're nobody and, and there's, and that um, we can't amount to much. And, and that side kind of brings down our, you know, that wants to, that we have these dueling battles within. Yeah. And, um, so it was really tough for me because it's like, I was very embarrassed. I was actually embarrassed to tell, I was with my brother and my dad at the time of that camp and I wouldn't even tell them because I was so embarrassed to admit it. I uh, came home that night and wouldn't even tell my, after I got home from the, I wouldn't tell my wife. And uh, I had some things for me that really solidified actually Jordan Peterson. I was reading a book and it, like, there's a lot of cool things that kind of just happened to where it's like, I just realized I had to do it. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be true to myself if I didn't at that point, right. there was a point where it's like, if I didn't run, I would, I would be not true to myself and I would never be able to live with myself. And so even though like, I know, um, so it's, and that's the thing that's hard is I know what's coming. I, I know these people, I know that the degree of these people are, you know, these powers are not good people. They're, they're well, I don't want to say they're not good people. There's deep, deep corruption and, and to yeah. go and to walk right in and, and point at it and say, this is what it is. And right. this corruption is real. And these people need to be brought out of there. Yeah. I know full well what's coming. And, and they will, and I know they will, they will try to wreck my life, my reputation. I know all my mud and all the mistakes I've made and I made plenty they will try to rub it. You know, I, I know what's coming and mm-hmm. it's, and at night, sometimes it does terrify me of what's coming, but what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, what are we going to do when, when, when we realize what's at stake, this is not a game. And this is what frustrates me. These politicians, this is not a game. Like we are literally about to lose everything. everything. People don't realize what's coming. You know, when you understand what happened in Nazi Germany and in, in, in Russia and in China, when Marxism takes over, it is not a game. It is not fun. It is not about power. It's not about politics. It is not about career. It is about at that point. It is about that is what's coming. And I have a choice. I understand what's coming. And because I understand I have a responsibility to speak up, come what may. So for me, it's like, I don't have a choice. Yeah. I don't have a choice. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and that's the cool thing too, is, you know, if, if someone like me can stand up and when they start throwing all my mud and I know people, it'll all lose, but if I can inspire other people, you know, they may be able to get rid of, you know, they may be able to, you know, discredit me. But if I can get the idea of liberty and truth out there, the idea that we do hold the power, it's no yeah. longer about me. If we can get that message to spread like wildfire. Yeah. It doesn't matter 
what you know if they if they take out a few people's reputations because the people will regain the power and either the federal government holds the power the the, the local government holds the power or the people hold the power either our rights come from god or they come from the federal government it is there it is it's not both it's one or the other Absolutely. and and i happen to believe that there is a god and that our rights come from him and that is our responsibility and duty as it says in the in the declaration of independence to control and rein in and and keep the government in check so yeah there's there's i have plenty of fears how in the world am i going to raise eight hundred thousand dollars when i don't have any special interest group you know how is that money going to where's that money going to come from when the most you can get is three thousand dollars from a person and, and and that's even i mean there's so many things i don't know how it's going to work but it's like it doesn't matter it's like look we have we have responsibility to stand up and and speak and there's nothing more powerful than our voices you know, God created the, wor the world by the power of the logos, by speaking. Yes. And it is by speaking that you bring order into chaos. And our world is in chaos. And we need people to stand up and speak the truth. You know, that book right there, the Alexander Schultzenitz in the Gulag Archipelago. One yep. man, okay, one man exposed the entire communist re regime. He exposed yes. what happened to Gulags. And one man who spoke up with courage, even though it near could have cost him his life, brought the entire communist party Absolutely. so who am i i'm one man and uh and we, we did a constitution class my wife and i did with 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 some uh with some just regular people that love freedom and we yeah. said how many people does it take to change the country and there's this little 19 year old girl shy and quiet who raised her hand and, and whispers one person who stands with god wow yeah, God is mentioned six times in the Constitution. Yeah, and not even to mention the, the and especially the Declaration of Independence. The, and the Declaration of Independence is really should never be overlooked about the principles that are in there because that's the foundation that the Constitution is built upon. That's Absolutely. what people were. Yeah, so, and the and the Anti-Federalists and the Federalists. Yeah. Yes, even even more important, but. But yeah, so is it terrifying? Absolutely, it's terrifying. Last night, I mean, there's been a lot of nights I can't, I don't sleep, and you know, absolutely like yeah. terrified and overwhelmed of some of the challenges I'm up against. And uh, but it's like, what is, what are the choice do we have? Right, right. So for you, it, it is the only option because it's a matter of your integrity and the future of not just this country. I. I think it's really the future of the world. I don't want to put words in your mouth. That's how no, I see it. No. Um, I really do see it as, you know, the future of humanity is rest upon us. I, I believe that this, this nation was divine intervention to preserve the free will of humanity. And it's incumbent upon us now to preserve it and to fight for it. So I thank you for standing up and uh, to, you know, to have the courage because I, I think that, you know, it's, it's not about we all have our fears, but courage isn't about, you know, the, uh, you know, absolving of fears. It's about, you know, stepping through that fear and taking action, you know, even in spite of it. So the, I'm, I'm thankful to people like you who are willing to do that because there's a lot of risk involved, uh, and especially in these times. But what's really interesting when you study history and you know our founding fathers, our founding fathers were not uh, they, they had everything. They had everything to lose. And they felt that freedom was more. And so they, they fought for freedom so that we could have freedom. Well, and, and just I'll wrap it up with this is um, I truly believe that it's not a coincidence 
that uh, we are on the earth at this time. Right. And I don't, I don't believe as a coincidence, the founding fathers, that, that, that a group of men and women of that character were in that location at that time. Uh, I believe that was orchestrated you know, by the hand of God. I firmly believe that. And I believe if people of that character were, were available at that time to create the country, I believe there will be people of, of such character at the time when it's at its at it when everything matters and when that fine at this great battle of liberty versus agency i believe that there are people who are on this earth for such a time as this and i and and the more i get out and talk to people the more i meet people whose hearts are on fire for freedom and i believe their hearts are on fire for freedom because they have a role to play on this in this we weren't sent here to sit on the sidelines we don't need to be career politicians it is by the small and simple people that great things happen. Yeah. And I think that is the great message that this, that we, this, that the country is in trouble and maybe you are sent, maybe you are here to make a difference, not to sit on the sidelines, but to shape history. Wow. I firmly believe that. I, I love that. I love that. I hope that we're going to see that. I think we are seeing that. So I'm going to ask you one last question and then I will uh, let you close out. Um, what, so you're, you're running, which is awesome. And, you know, hopefully we'll, you'll tell everybody how they can support you. Um, but not everybody is, you know, that not, that's not everybody's role to run. So what do you think you were saying? You know, it, like not everybody should be a politician and it's, you know, the, the little people who uh, make the difference. So what are some other ways that you think people can get involved and take responsibility and take ownership so that we can, take ownership That's of our free will <laughs> very valuable question um i've got a very good friend i've come to know her name is jamie wadman and uh you know she's she's behind the scenes she she works tirelessly for freedom okay. and no one knows very well people are very who are very involved know her name but most people don't know her name she doesn't speak she's not she's not running for office but she told my wife uh, something that i thought was so profound she said you know Everyone talks about in the Battle of Trenton, you know, when they crossed the Delaware and uh, the, the soldiers and everything the soldiers, you know, did. And right. But she says, I like to think of myself as one of the rowers in the boat. Oh, you know, nice. nobody thinks about the rowers. Wow. But, but there would have been nothing without those rowers if there was, you know, they, they mean, what? The, and it's so profound. And, and to me, that's why this starts with God, family, country. Um, you know, when my life, I've cared about freedom forever, but when my life was out of harmony with God, when I was mixed up and struggling with my problems, I was lost. Mm -hmm. I was lost. I couldn't hear direction. I couldn't find my soul's purpose. Why am I here? It wasn't until I put my life in harmony with the, with living, let's even take God out of it, but living the best I knew how living, living according to my inner compass, to what my inner compass it wasn't until I was got in alignment with my inner compass and was there for some time that my inner compass was able to guide me to, the, to where I needed to go and what my path was. And that's the neat thing is we all have different roles and none are more important than the other. I mean, the, the, you know, the eye is not, the mouth is not more important than the hands or the feet. You know, there is a role for everybody that has that fire of liberty and burning in their hearts. That fire of liberty is burning for a reason. It's because it is your soul calling you to action. 
And the key is the only way you'll know what your, what your purpose is here is to be live in alignment with your inner compass. You know, live true to what your inner, what your heart knows is right. Absolutely. And once you live consistently long enough in harmony with what you just, with what you know to be true, which ironically almost always is in alignment with what these laws of nature and the Ten Commandments, they're all the same. They always are aligned. Right. But once you're aligned there, all of a sudden, you know, it is your calling. Yeah. And, and, and your soul has a, has a purpose. And, and what that is, no one can tell you, but there's, but there, but you are needed. I mean, how about all these mothers who, who maybe are not actively involved, but they're raising these children who are changing the world. You know, these women that the, you know, that are, that are sacrificing to teach their children, the principles of Liberty, raising patriots. And these patriots are going out and, and tenfold doing what any one person could do. So, you know, we all have an inner compass and, and the key is we have, we're here for a reason. And if, if, especially if that spirit of liberty burns within you, to me, that is a call. It is a call to action. And so the key is, is to be, to live within alignment so that your compass can direct you to your calling. And I will tell you, when you are living in, in alignment with your calling, you will become alive and you will feel alive like you have never felt before. And that's, and that is why the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation is so many of us just living for food, for work and meaningless lives because we're not living our true purpose. And, and, and that true purpose only can be found by within. Absolutely. I'm into that. Yeah. So beautiful and so profound. So, well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, please, if you have anything else you want to add and, and tell everybody how they can find you and what ways they can support you. Yeah, our uh, social media on uh, Facebook and Instagram is uh, uh, UT Jason Preston. So just UT like Utah, Jason Preston. Uh, our website is jasonpreston.org. And, um, you know, if you want to be involved, we're good. we need to build an army. And not fighting with, you know, with, you know, the sword, but fighting with the pen, fighting with our hands, you know, fighting, uh, uh, fighting a war of ideas. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where we need people standing up. And uh, it's an amazing time to be alive. It is. It is. Honestly, uh, you know, the, the thing about it is this is there would have been no William Wallace um, if there if there was no tyranny, if right. times were good. You know, there would have been no founding fathers if, if they lived in peaceful times, if there was no, you know, uh, King George. You know, the, the darkness around us is, is your call to greatness. That's so beautiful. I, I love that so much. Um, I, I sort of lied. I have one more <laughs> that I want to okay. ask if, if you're okay with that. Um, but uh, yeah, because you said about, you know, this is a war with the pen. It's a war of ideas. And uh I, I personally very much believe that we are in a war. Um, I actually think that, you know, it's every kind of war except for kinetic. It's, uh, you know, psychological warfare. It's been uh, biological warfare, economic warfare. Um, you know, it's pretty much every uh, type except for, you know, we could even argue a, a cyber warfare, um, but except for kinetic. And I'm curious if you think that I, I know there are a lot of people who are concerned that it will get to that stage. Do you think that it will, or do you think that we can win this war, um, you know, with ideas and with the pen? 
I firmly believe the Constitution will be saved. I believe this is a battle of light and dark, and we know who wins. Right. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So, thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Appreciate what you do. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm so grateful to you. So yeah, we will uh, put all your links and, uh, you know, definitely have everybody, everybody who wants to, to come support you. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Courtney. God bless you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.